0: We must prepare for the future of transportation. With 160% growth in electric vehicle sales globally, despite COVID, demonstrate huge opportunity for electric vehicles in the future. With governments influencing the growth and funding of the charging infrastructure, electrifying commercial fleets, and promoting renewable energy, this market has become quite lucrative for entrepreneurs. On the other hand, it poses a risk of entering into the relatively new market where there is a lot of uncertainty around manufacturing, skilled resources, new inventions and changing policies. Anyone who wants to seize the opportunity and build next unicorn in this sector needs to listen to the experience of those who are building wonderful solutions in this area. Learn what it takes to be an entrepreneur in this profitable but dynamic sector from the e-mobility entrepreneurs themselves. The electrification of vehicles is one of the chief priorities of Indian government. So we are delighted to have Parshuram on today's podcast. Parshuram recognized the need of EVs early and ensured to give people of India freedom from range anxiety. Let's hear about his fantastic story, which started in developed countries and ended up building a vehicle for rural India. Thanks a lot for joining on the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate your time and uh, enthusiasm basically to help other entrepreneurs who are working in the new areas or trying to build their ideas in the completely new sectors uh, together. So that's really appreciating. Maybe before we start, can you give a small introduction of how you came up with this Graviton Motor idea and how did you start this journey? Uh, A brief intro to our company.
1: Sure. Uh, Company name is Graviton Motors. Mm -hmm. So we are an EV two-wheeler manufacturer. So this entire idea started in the year 2011. I'm passionate about automobiles right from my childhood. I have done a couple of projects related to it even in my Bachelor's while I was in India, so I I did my master's in US. I came back for a visit in the year 2011, and when I visited my village, my village uh, I'm from a rural village here in Telangana, from Sirsela district. So when I visited there, I realized that there was no petrol bunk in the radius of almost uh, 18 to 24 kilometers. So. That is uh, my people used to burn a liter of petrol to go to petrol bunk and come back, or we end up using bottle petrol, which is available on every other uh, store in the uh, nearby uh, towns of the villages. Right. So that is contaminated again. And I felt EV would be a great alternative uh, for India. When I say India, it includes the entire India, not just the urban India, not just the cities. Okay. Interesting. So I felt EVs, people don't have to go anywhere. They can sit back at their home, recharge, and continue their life. Uh, they don't have to spend much uh, money on the petrol either. They don't have to travel or use contaminated petrol. From there, this idea of EV uh, started. Uh, I felt you know, because India, was, uh, India is one of the biggest two-wheeler consumer, uh, biggest two-wheeler market, I felt an EV would be a great alternative why? Because exactly at that point of time in 2011, Tesla was in the limelight in U.S.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: right. So, and I was in U.S. and I was following that news and I was like, well, why don't we reduce the form factor and get a decent range uh, with a similar uh, battery chemistry?
0: Right.
1: So, that is where everything started. So, I tried to pitch the idea to several people in the U.S. It did not work out because EV was very uh, new to people back then.
0: Understand? Yeah,
1: right. And uh, they it felt a very far-fetched idea for them because getting lithium and making and giving it to the India, even to the rest of the India, that is India as well. Now, it did not work out. But again, in the year 2016, mm-hmm. I started working on the ground. Uh, within these years, I saved a good amount of money while I was working in US. So I put all my life savings into this, started working uh, here in India on the ground from the year 2016. Um, I put a team together while I was in US. I used to do my day job, again, from evening 7 till 4 a.m. in US. I used to be on Skype uh, over here. Yeah. So that, I used to teach engineering students. I you know motivated them, loaded them into this company and uh, they are there from day one. Yeah. They believed in it. Um, so we start off making a small battery, uh, lithium-ion, small starter battery, uh, petrol vehicle starter battery, a 12-volt system battery.
0: And it's and,
1: Yeah. From there, we made a bicycle uh, okay. using a available motor in the market. From there, we did the research again we were good with the technology, we understood you know, what needs to, what an EV uh, takes. And then we did our entire research on the, uh, a thorough research for the EV two wheeler market in India back in 2016, we realized that, you know, at that point of time, all of them were imported and people felt EV is not a real alternative or, or cannot be treated as a primary bike for anyone. They used to consider it as a you know secondary bike or a, a bike which like a bicycle in simple terms. Right. That's because uh, because of the stigmas I would say I call it as stigmas. So, so, sorry, people felt that because uh, all of them were low speed vehicles. That is in EV two wheeler market. Uh, There are two categories of vehicles. One is uh, low speed and the other is high speed. Anything which goes below 25 kilometers per hour or 250 watts uh, output power is considered as a low speed and considered as a bicycle basically. It does not require license or registration. Anything above that is uh, considered as a high speed by definition and requires license and registration. So all the vehicles back then were low speed. Okay. They didn't have much power, pulling power, not the top speed right. and people had to wait for eight hours almost uh, to recharge them. And even after, rechar- uh, after recharging, they used to go only for 40 kilometers, the range. Right. of the. So because of all these limitations, people felt it cannot be a real alternative at all. Yeah. So I realized our company's mission should be to make people believe in EV as a real alternative. So we have to address all these uh, stigmas of an EV and make a vehicle which can go anywhere in India, because that's how the entire idea of an EV2 wheeler started. So yeah. we want to make a vehicle which can handle any kind of terrain, not just the urban uh, terrain, but any kind of terrain in India, which is why I keep uh, saying uh, this vehicle is made for India. So when I say India, it includes everything,
0: exactly.
1: not just the cities. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting approach because
0: generally what i'm seeing all the commercial or consumer vehicles which are coming focused and targeted for the urban cities uh, yes. but yeah it's really an interesting perspective to make it available for even the villages where right. probably there is a lot of need uh, of course there might be problems but someone has to solve that problems i mean we cannot just ignore that area. So uh, one question that comes like, you know, we are still solving a problem of moving from one place to another, if you look at at the core, uh, building any type of vehicle, I think you mentioned about, you know, why electricity is important, but do you see that this is kind of end of an IC engine era? And do you see like, in future, we may not have any IC engines in the market? This uh, comes because I could hear a lot of uh, big automobile companies have stopped working on the ICE engine and they have completely dedicated themselves to the EV. Like, uh, take example of Volkswagen, BMW. All this have Audi has announced that they will go complete EV. So, how do you see that uh, coming up, uh, especially for the Indian uh, continent also? Well, in,
1: in specific to, to uh, talk about Indian continent, uh, the subcontinent, we. We are at least 25 to 30 years away from that.
0: Okay, okay. Uh,
1: the elect- electrification of the transportation will happen, but it will be in a gradual pace. Uh, for a 2 wheelers probably it is very uh, fast, rapid, because given the uh, the trajectory we are seeing for pa- from past six months, uh, the adaptability is huge in the EV2 wheeler market. And it doesn't mean that it's the end of IC engines. They still have the place in the market for one particular user. Until EVs become so wide, and uh, the especially the the charging and the battery chemistry right. uh, become so good that you know we have similar ecosystem as petrol bunks, mm-hmm. and everything is standardized. Right. Uh, that is when uh, you can expect uh, everything to be electrified. Until then, you will definitely have IC engines, especially for long distance uh, howling. Definitely, ICs will be
0: there. Yeah. yeah. This we saw, like, you know, uh, at least what I see, when I see, like it looks like a sudden rise. Like, yes. uh, it was not there, like, few years back, but now it is suddenly everyone is moving towards e-mobility or even government is moving and giving a lot of incentives to the uh, e-vehicles. So why this happened? Like, Is it more of a technological evolution which has pumped up this... Uh, Rise, or is it something like the demand from the consumers have come or is it the lack of uh, uh i would say petroleum and other resources which people have started realizing and then now they are jumping to this new. Uh, what you feel is the reason basically
1: all of the above okay so they say goldilocks conditions right mm-hmm. Very similar to that it happened you know because of COVID people wanted personal transportation. They uh, just after COVID they were looking for, and exactly at that point of time, EV was, uh, EVs became very really, uh, prominent. And the petrol prices, the, the hike in the petrol prices also uh, made people look for other alternatives. And EVs were available exactly at that point of time. So just after the f- first lockdown, People felt okay. We should go for personal transportation. They felt the need of it. The two wheelers. Yeah. And after the second lockdown, because of the fuel prices uh, soaring high, they felt no. We need EVs right now. And uh, some big players ventured into the market, and they also stood up it very well uh, with respect to the awareness that EVs are going to be next big thing. So. A lot of people became very uh, you know they got the awareness about the evs in simple terms
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of youtubers talking about it uh, a big hangama buzz has happened uh, and now everyone is aware and everyone wants to jump into EV
0: yeah
1: that's why I said Goldilocks conditions it's not just one several uh, things forced this uh, spike in the sales now it's almost five times the what it was earlier. correct yeah.
0: And, um, like so, uh, generally our listeners are the entrepreneurs who are actually trying to, uh, get into, uh, the idea that they want to work on and then they listen to the podcast, basically based on the experience that you guys have based on your journey. So if any entrepreneur who want to get into the e-mobility e- market today with some idea that they have, what are the three key tips that you would like to give to them based on your own experience?
1: then we have to go to the definition, uh, at least with respect to me, the definition of the startup itself. Mm -hmm. A startup will survive only if they are very innovative. Uh, Innovative economical solution. There should be a proper problem statement first. Then for that, we need to have an innovative economical solution and it has to be fast. The decisions has to be made faster and the execution has to be faster. Then only it is a startup otherwise there is no difference between a big uh, you know established uh, company and us right. only edge we have over at established companies these are the things you know exactly. they are yeah. economical innovative and fast True. right
0: but in this sector we have both the players like you know established companies are moving towards this and even the
1: startups are building the
0: solutions yeah,
1: yeah. so which is why uh, so, uh, we have to have a, prop- a proper problem statement first mm-hmm. Uh, then only uh, if you should also see that there is no other player in the market mm-hmm. that is the one of the key for the success for a startup yeah. i would say uh, we should not venture it for example there are a lot of ev scooters right now yeah. you cannot go and make another scooter it's yeah. like you're going and hitting a wall yeah so have a big giant standing over there True. right so your product has to be very unique at least I would say forty percent different than what others has, and it should be solving a particular problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting because it is otherwise very lucrative uh, market. I would say uh, for anyone to jump into. Right. But uh, at the same time, it has it has a lot of risks associated.
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And for a company to be successful, for a startup to be successful mm-hmm. and have a long term vision. Mm-hmm. uh they ha- they should not take the you know shortcuts i would say they should have a proper uh, plan and a problem statement and as i said the solution has to be at least 40% different uh, so that the barrier of entry would be a little higher for the other players
0: what are the key gaps you see uh, like looking at overall e vehicle market uh, around the world what are the key things yeah. See that should be addressed definitely for this market to grow altogether.
1: For India, it is different. For the world, it is different. Right. Now. Yeah,
0: probably if you can uh, describe both, it would be really interesting because that will help people understand that you know what is the differentiating factor, especially for the countries like India.
1: Right. So for the world, uh, right now the entire EV industry is dependent on the heavy metals oh. like lithium, uh, nickel, manganese, cobalt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very hard to mine them, they are very expensive. Mm-hmm. So all, they are under control of one particular com- uh, com- uh, country.
0: Yeah, I understand, yeah, I know. So,
1: uh, <laughs> entire world will be at the mercy of them. The mercy of them, too. Yeah, so which is not uh, good, we should always have another alternative. So, a uh, lot of companies are also working on the alternate to lithium-ion uh, mm-hmm. battery chemistry. Um, my favorite is aluminium. I have. aluminium is very much uh, widely available and it is economical and it's not, it does not harm the environment either. So that should be the biggest thing what people should be solving the battery, the battery chemistry, new chemistries they have to come up with, new chemistries, new way of storing the energy. Yeah. So coming to the India part. So the India part we are uh, though the sales have gone high we are still importing the majority of the vehicles are imported Uh, even by you know prominent uh, players Mm. Uh, for startups what i would say is they should concentrate on power electronics okay than manufacturing a vehicle because there are already big big giants who can do that in a very efficient manner the only thing what they don't have right now is the power electronics that is motor the control unit the nice. and uh, those, all the capacitors. Nice. So, companies should be working towards that. Uh, that will give them an edge, and eventually, if we do this, India will also become uh, become another uh, source of E V s for the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting and that alliance actually uh like before uh we talking like i was talking with chandra shekar who is also running a battery company and then his concern was also same he said that you know majority of the providers are or the manufacturers are importing the batteries and not focusing on how can i optimize it especially for the indian conditions and that is something which is a missing part so yeah definitely yeah that's interesting uh uh, next probably we can talk about like you know uh, how is the government support uh, you know fueling this growth and also how important it is in terms of long term growth for this sector.
1: As I told you, uh, the Goldilocks conditions, one of the conditions is this. Yeah. government support. True. Uh, the government is also pushing uh, aggressively the hmm. EV uh, you know, electrifying the entire uh, transportation industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is uh, very much essential at this point of time and they have done the right thing by providing the subsidy Mm -hmm. uh, by reducing that will that is actually bringing down the cost of the high-speed EV2 wheelers and because of that you see a lot of uh, players uh, you know leveraging that and selling it at a a very economical or on par with any uh, ice engine uh, counterparts Right. So it is very much essential and uh, I feel that they are doing the right thing and they can do more.
0: Uh, And like since government is playing a key role, uh, how do you see the spread between the commercial transport, like the public transport and the personal transport or the individual people transporting using the e-vehicle? How do you see the spread in terms of a market share uh, between these two types of vehicles?
1: It's still uh, huge in the personal transportation. Okay. And uh, right now, and uh, I see a shift towards uh, electric transportation, even with the public uh, sector as well. Like mm-hmm. Almost all governments are, are RTCs, uh, you know, the right. RTCs are moving towards that. They are trying to incorporate uh, electric buses. Right. So, I see that but the, when, when it comes to the commercial vehicles, the load carrying or the goods carriers, hmm. we are not there yet.
0: Okay. So it's more of a, a technology challenge that has to be solved. Yes. Uh, to get that into market, yeah.
1: Makes sense. It also requires an ecosystem of charging stations, uh, fast charging yeah. stations. Yeah. Right. Probably that is when people can give it a try when it comes to the goods carriers or the commercial vehicles,
0: yeah, like, yeah because yeah rising prices of the fuel are actually impacting them a lot nowadays so it's a huge change. a lot yeah yeah so uh yeah another thing that you know i heard i read some articles also like you know people are complaining that you know you're saying that you're environment friendly you're marketing yourself as environment friendly but the electricity that you're using to charge is still coming from the coal. How do you see that perspective? That you know, uh, do you really feel that you know? Are we? Is it more about uh, being environment friendly, or is it more about uh, some other benefits that we get from the e-vehicle? What is your
1: thought on that? More than thought, we should go with the numbers and the facts. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially with physics, mm-hmm. if you look into the uh, the. They keep saying this net zero. Right? Mm-hmm. So, what is the net gain we are getting by using the EVs? Mm-hmm. Basically, you are asking about that. You right. know, instead of burning the fuel in our vehicle, we are burning it somewhere else. Correct. Yeah. You know, how is that uh, you know eco-friendly? Right. So, it is eco-friendly to some extent. You know, instead of making 100% pollution, we are trying to reduce it by 30%. You're, you're only doing 70%. Right. It is still better, right? something is better than nothing. Yeah, I'm not saying EVs are like 100% uh, eco friendly. As you said, the power is produced using coal, and if it is uh, produced using the natural uh, renewable resources, that is wind and uh, uh, you know, uh, solar, then it will be in other terms when it comes to the, the power plants they are way far efficient than our ice engines ice engines are like 30 to 40 percent efficient right
0: okay okay
1: yeah. so when you produce power over there in a bulk uh, in a bigger fashion it mm-hmm. is the efficiency of that system is more than the efficiency of the system what we have the two wheelers
0: yeah that, that makes sense yeah. definitely so
1: that's the difference we are gaining over there yeah, yeah.
0: So we won't say that we are 100% environment friendly, but we are definitely having the strong steps towards that when we adopt. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And also the bat- making of the battery also adds some uh, carbon emissions to the environment. Mm-hmm. Even that is getting you know nullified over, if you take it over a period of time by using the EVs, you are reducing it. And that is one aspect in a bigger sense, uh, in a bigger picture. When it comes to, you know, when you narrow it down and look just for your environment around you that is also adding a lot of value because if you go to a you know when i came back to india i was just visualizing this i stopped at a traffic light and uh, i used two wheeler okay i uh, have two wheelers so there was huge smoke it was in the middle of the uh, day it was very uh, hot and a lot of smoke i felt if, if at all, if you if everything is EV here, you will not see any kind of uh, smoke or any inconvenience. Yeah. Otherwise, people become very impatient at the traffic lights. They try to jump the lights. They, I, I feel this is also one of the reasons for them to become impatient. Probably, people will become little calmer <laughs> if you use EVs there, and that will also reduce the pollution within the cities. Yeah yeah and
0: yeah it makes sense like where there is a lot of pollution if you can reduce to some extent in that specific area it will add a a lot of value so
1: one example is delhi
0: yeah i know and delhi is actually i feel happy sometime when the government is actually running uh, for you know making public transport ev there also like that's really a good thing Probably uh, towards the end, maybe the one final question. Like, I know this could be a generic uh, thought basically because uh, not specific to EV, but EV is something which is an entire new market which is getting developed, uh, uh, especially for this type of vehicles. And if someone is entering into such a new market where there are a lot of uncertainties, like, you know, many times people don't know how does it scale? Will it scale? Will it not scale? Uh, Will the segment I'm trying to target really going to adopt it or not? Uh, so, oh, how did you adopt to these un- uncertainties which are there in this market? And how, like, that would basically help people not just into the EV market, but any new market when they're trying to enter. Uh, how do they tackle these uncertainties? Would be really helpful.
1: Yeah. Again, going back to some basics basics of the startup, right? The problem statement. Yeah. If your problem statement is not, if we are uh, just, uh, you know, thinking that there is a problem. And if there is in real, in real, if there is no problem, then it is due. It. So the best thing is go with the stats, go with the data. Right. That is what I would say to anyone. Mm-hmm. If you think there is a problem statement, go get it verified first before even uh, doing anything. First right. thing is the research part, uh, market survey is must. Look into the data, try to, you know, there is a lot of data available in the market. You can buy it or you can ask an MBA. Uh, You can take uh, help of uh, institutes as well. They will also help. So understand the problem statement and see if there is uh, really that pain point. Then definitely it will be a success. Yeah. Yeah, Addressing to that. So that is what I would say to anyone. And that's what we did. As I was saying, we did in intense research and realized that you know, nobody is making a vehicle to address the needs of the rest of the India.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I when you started, right. So I was very fascinated that, you know, right? when I talked with other folks, they actually uh, like they were very clear that they are focusing on the city area. Right. When you started with your idea and basically how it originated. So right? I was
1: really fascinated that, you
0: know, that someone is also working on the other side of the segment. So India.
1: And if you look into the stats again, initial uh, adopters of EV two-wheelers was the rural India, not the urban India, if you look into the stats. Again, if you look into the stats, rural India likes bigger wheel vehicles, the motorcycles, not the scooters. Yeah. But if you look into the uh, EV sales, all of them are scooters. Why is this contradiction over there? That's because they did not have a choice. Exactly. those were imported vehicles mm-hmm. as is they were, not, they were not designed as per what we uh, way of the way we use or our climatic conditions mm-hmm. is why people were forced to buy such things so okay. we understood that and we spoke to several people we did our own research we did uh, take stats from the past the sales of the current market uh, from the petrol industry as well and then we realized that There is a need for a bigger wheel vehicles which can handle all sorts of terrains, and an EV with the comfort of a scooter. So that's how this particular vehicle uh, took shape. We did not do it on purpose that it has to be so and so. We had uh, problem statements and we started sketching the solution for it, and that's how this thing uh, took birth. Yeah,
0: amazing. Like when I was going to the website, when I saw that you know uh, you are right from kanya till the north part of india yeah. traveling the entire india on an ev so, but i really liked was that you know uh, the extra battery having that extra battery gives that range anxiousness goes down completely so oh. it
1: was really an amazing thing so yeah so this is one of the other problem statement we saw mm-hmm. for the you know one part is the uh, rest of the india and the other part is with the EVs itself. Why people are not adapting or why didn't they adopt uh, until now? That was just because of the range, limited range. And that is kind of a limitation on us. We don't like limitations as humans. Mm-hmm. Now we got a convenience of going to patrol bank, refueling it in a few minutes and go. But whereas EVs, you will have to wait for hours to recharge. Mm-hmm. And we don't like that, which is why people did not adapt EVs even uh, last time when there was a wave of EV. So we realized first we need to address this, and that is nothing but the range anxiety, uh, Mm. what the rest of the world call it as. So we wanted to address that, and we did that in three ways. The first one was, again, we did a research uh, for a city like Hyderabad, what should be the range, so that people don't have to think about it in a day again.
0: Exactly.
1: So we realized somewhere from 110 to 140 kilometers with single charge is good enough. So we, we... uh formulated our battery pack the motor the overall weight of the vehicle in such a way that we get that mileage the range and also we created the battery big enough to accommodate the second battery you can extend the range and we also made sure that the third way of addressing is uh we made sure we wanted to give similar convenience of a petrol bunk, that is going to petrol bunk and refueling it in no time so our entire batteries are swappable. Our entire ecosystem is swappable. So we call it as swap ecosystem. Mm-hmm. We have to own swap ecosystem. We started this idea with this idea in the year 2016, not now. Yeah, exactly. And, Quite uh, <laughs> back. Right. And we wanted to make everything in India, which is why we have taken so much time. Mm-hmm. So we had to convince all the component manufacturers to work with us because we are a startup They did not encourage us initially. Hmm. Fortunately, now the entire vehicle is made in India, amazing. Including the motor and the control unit, that is made in house. Rest of the components are outsourced, yeah. but the motor and the control uh, control unit and the design is in house.
0: That's amazing. So
1: K two K to just uh, tell why we have done K two K.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask like you know what insights you got or why did you decide that. So
1: yes. Remember in the beginning I was telling our company's mission the first mission is to make people believe in EV as a real alternative. Perfect. So we have designed a vehicle you know, addressing all those issues which will make it real alternative. But just by saying no one will believe into it. You know, we have to demonstrate it all the time. So which is why we have taken up this challenge of going from Kanyakumari to Kardumla without stopping. So this kind of journey is possible with petrol vehicle because mm-hmm. it has its own ecosystem of petrol banks, you know, repair shops and everything, which is why that is possible. So we wanted to tell people that if at all if EV also has the similar ecosystem, a long distance journey is possible on an EV as well. That is what we wanted to show. So we went and found, uh, planned swap stations throughout the country.
0: Okay, awesome. And
1: we established all of them. And we executed. Fortunately, uh, everything went as planned. And within four days, we were from uh, we started from Kanyakumari, and uh, we reached Manali in less than four days.
0: That's amazing.
1: That vehicle was running continuously day and night. Multiple riders were taking shifts, okay. and uh, we were swapping full throttle open at 80 kilometers per hour. Awesome, right? And it is testing with all different env- environment conditions of okay. it. That is also important. So, to show that it goes through all sorts of road lines, mm-hmm. this challenge was taken up. And another uh, uh, record which we did not announce yet is while going from Hyderabad to Kanyakumari, we went by road. Went by? Road, by, by riding itself. Right. So that was also a record. We did it in less than 24 uh, hours, 23 and a half hours from Hyderabad to Kanyakumari. Oh. That is 1,320 kilometers. Amazing. And it's that was... Yeah, it's a speed is also there. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's by a single rider.
0: Oh, amazing. So, yeah, it talks a lot like, you know, comfort of long rides and everything is yes. being thought yes. through yes. and is being <laughs> demonstrated.
1: Yeah, and the rider was myself. Oh, great. <laughs> So,
0: yeah, there, yeah. nothing best that you know the founder tests his own product
1: yeah so uh, that was amazing going from Hyderabad to Kumar in less than 24 hours uh, that was a that's a great memory
0: that's really, really nice I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, I really like the idea you know uh, not just talking about the feature not just talking about what you're building demonstrating that and also, you're working towards awareness of this entire ecosystem. So that's really a, a good contribution, not just uh, for your product, but even for the entire ecosystem within India. So really appreciate that efforts uh, from the company. Yeah, I think uh, we are towards the end of the podcast, and it was really happy talking with you. A lot of different uh, you know perceptions that I had, you know, uh, were broken. Uh, some stereotypes that I had uh, in mind actually are broken and that's a really good learning and i hope our audience will also love to hear your experience and they will also demonstrate what they're building they will make sure that you know they're solving the problems and not just building based on a technology so that's really amazing thanks a lot for your time and uh, thank
1: you, thank you so much. yeah thank you Strings. have a nice day
0: Parshuram believes in demonstrating capabilities of his product to his customer directly. Graviton's adventurous journey from Kanyakumari to Khardungla shows their confidence in the product. Additionally, his journey illustrates the importance of identifying the right customer segment in an ever-changing market. He mentioned that you will succeed if you pay attention to the details and build exactly what your customer needs. Will bring many more electrifying talks. So be sure to subscribe. Until then, keep listening, keep learning.